Welcome to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. I'm your host, Candace Sampson. This is it, the last show of 2022 for What She Said. And so my gift to you as we close out the year is to offer you some solutions to various stressors in your life, particularly in the week leading up to Christmas. It's now, as we burn the candle at both ends, trying to make the season magical for everyone else, that women typically run out of steam. So today's show looks at a few of those stressors and how to push back on them. Here's what's coming up. In the week leading up to Christmas, many of us find ourselves in panic mode because we often feel like we haven't bought enough, or maybe that we should expand our giving list by adding obscure people we don't really know. Nancy Taylor, Senior Wealth Advisor at Meridian Credit Union, is here to encourage us to press pause on the present panic button so that we can all roll into 2023 without the overspending hangover. Ann Brody stops in with entertainment to keep you busy over the holidays and shares her thoughts on Sarah Polly's achingly poignant Women Talking, based on the book by ex-Mennonite Miriam Towes. The Whale, with a critically acclaimed performance from Brendan Fraser, and the confection we all need right now, with season three of Emily in Paris returning to Netflix on December 21st. Stress can affect our behaviors and habits such as our sleep patterns, exercise habits, and eating habits, which can also contribute to an increased risk of illness. As part of our ongoing series with New Roots Herbal, I'm joined by Angela Wallace from Eat Right, Feel Right, who shares some tips for avoiding some of the health risks we subject ourselves to when stressed. When's the best time for a fresh start? Lindsay Seeley from Bold New Girls and author of Made for More, a fresh start approach to a bolder, brighter you, says right now is the best time. Waiting for a specific date on a calendar only delays us from stepping into the life we really want. Finally, Chris Bailey, productivity expert and international best-selling author of The Productivity Project and Hyperfocus, joins me to discuss his latest book, how to Calm Your Mind, Finding Presence and Productivity in Anxious Times. I've had the privilege of reading and putting into practice many of this book's recommendations ahead of its official release date on December 27th and wholeheartedly believe this book should be required reading for everyone in 2023. You won't want to miss Chris's calming advice. It's another full week at What She Said with interviews that empower educate, and entertain. So let's jump in right now on 105.9 The Region. It was the week before Christmas and all through the house, women were freaking out because they haven't got their shopping done. Every year, panic mode strikes, and we often feel like we haven't bought enough or maybe that we should expand our giving list by adding obscure people we don't really know. So let's talk about that. Nancy Taylor, Senior Wealth Advisor at Meridian Credit Union, is here to encourage us to press pause on the present panic button so that we can slow down and think big picture. Welcome back to the show, Nancy. Thank you for having me. Great to be back. I think this is when usually it all falls apart. We have a plan and then we don't stick to it. So what's, what's the importance of sticking to it at this point? Just keeping you on track. It's so easy with uh, online shopping and everything to get out of control, out of sight, out of mind. Um, 
So determining how much you have to spend uh, on your household and your expenses and your kind of longer term saving, really kind of narrowing in what the difference is and looking at how much of that do we want to budget uh, to each of our loved ones during this gift giving season, for sure. So having your plan and sticking to it is is really key. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about online shopping because I feel like this is the area that's really blown up over the last year. You know, and Americans are a lot uh, are spending like a trillion dollars on online in 2022, and in 2021, I think it was something like 22 billion of that was uh, online inflation. So understanding what our prices are before we actually hit yes um, is a, is really essential for long-term, making sure you don't kind of get out of control. And it is so easy to shop online. I mean, I've victim to it myself, uh, you know, because I think, well, this is a little bit more, but then I don't have to get in my car. I don't have to go from store to store to make sure they have it. And so instead of being patient and maybe scoping out the sales, I go for the easy route. 100%. And we all do it. So staying stay focused on what that need is that you're online looking for is really important because they've gotten really good at marketing us and uh, distracting us so we can get caught in the weeds when we're online. So really stay focused on, tell yourself before you go online, uh, this is what I'm going online to shop for and then shut it down. That's, that's a really good tip to use. And halt, you know, never go online when you're hungry, when you're angry, lonely or tired, because then we just make really bad decision making during those times. And can I just add, and also when you're drinking wine, ladies, because a lot of people have been surprised. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, it's, it's, there's a magical level of convenience uh, when you're shopping online from home. And you want to make sure it's so easy. You just plug in a couple of buttons and it magically appears a couple of days later outside your house. So you want to make sure that your credit card bill isn't going higher than what your recycling currently looks like in your garage. So it's really, really important. Um, another really good tip is to uh, really treat your credit card more like hard cash. And this is a really hard one. When you're online and you buy something, uh, a really good tip would be to pay it off right away or, you know, set yourself a diary note that you go on maybe the following week and pay it off. And it really starts changing your mindset that this credit is really cash. There's really should be no difference. It's just convenience. So that, that I find really helps with a lot of my clients. Um, another really good tip is to really be careful with those online coupons because they're really earmarked to make you shop for more. So they'll say, you know, five left, shop now. Or they'll say, if you spend another $100, you get your free shipping. So these are all really good marketing uh, strategies that, you know, have been proven to work quite well. So being aware of that, I think, is really essential. And I think this is like bringing in sort of new neural pathways when we shop. This is a little bit of psychology in this because when we used to have to go to a store, there was the process of pulling out the credit card, paying for it at the machine, uh, you know, all of the, taking a receipt. All of these things have now shifted to an on, online version. So we have to create the pathways where we're recognizing that we're spending this money. Yeah. And, and understanding the prices of what you're online looking for. Because just because it's on one site and it's discounted doesn't mean it's not cheaper on another site. So you actually have to be really uh, aware when you're online shopping that you're getting the best possible price because of this higher inflation online shopping is offering right now. Before we started this interview, you and I were talking about how 
what we do right now really will snowball into the new year. And we want to really keep that top of mind. So let's shift to, you know, if we fall off the rails now, what that might yeah. look like for our budget. And if we stay focused, what that might look like. Yeah, because planning for tomorrow starts before today, right? This is really key. Like everybody gets to this point where they start panicking right now. But uh, the word budgeting that nobody likes to hear is really should be an all year strategy. So it's actually good we're meeting in December to chat about this because they can start fresh in the new year with, with making sure they're successful. So the good news is that you have to give up less today to buy more in the future. So that's the good news. The earlier you start, the less lifestyle you have to give up today. And that's proven. Uh, an example of that is if you save $100 today at 6%, in 10 years, that will be $180 worth of spending. But if you save $100 today at 6% in 20 years, that's $320 in spending. So the earlier you start, the better and the more spending that you'll, or the less that you have to give up today of uh, disposable cash flow. That's, that's really the bottom line with budgeting um, and just keeping it current and revisiting it. Because like this year with inflation being so high, you have to revisit the budget because things like groceries cost more uh, and things like services cost more. So making sure you're keeping that budget current. And there's so many great online uh, apps that you can use. A real good rule of thumb is the 50, 15, 5% rule. So 50%. You shouldn't spend more than 50% of your after-tax income on essentials. And then you take 15% of pre-tax income, and that goes to more longer-term saving. And then 5% of your after-tax income is what you have as an emergency fund for your budget and things that go, you know, things that change year to year that you don't have control with. So that's, that's kind of a really good rule of thumb that a lot of advisors recommend. Um, but there's really great apps out there for budgeting. We have a really great one here at Meridian as well uh, that can kind of keep you on track. It's a lot of work to get it initially up and running, but to maintain it is a lot easier. And it gives you a really good visual around where your money's going. Yeah, I like that we're talking about this now in December as well, because I think oftentimes we get to January 1st and we haven't sat back and actually thought about what we want the new year to look like financially, mentally, emotionally, physically. We sort of going to oh my gosh, I got to I gotta figure out what I'm doing this year on January 1, where we should be doing it right now, which is why this, this conversation yeah. is so great. Uh, another thing we talked about, and I just had no idea, you blew my mind with this before we started this interview, was what it means for wealth when we actually work with, with a financial advisor. There's actual data to back this up. And I think people are going to be amazed by this. So could you share that? Yeah. It's a great uh, stat that came out of Fidelity, who deals in North America. So um, if you deal, if you work with a financial advisor, say over a four-year period, you're 1.7% uh, wealthier by doing that. But over a longer period of time, maybe a 15-year period of time, you're four times wealthier working with a planner because it's so overwhelming for people. Life's busy. And when you work with a planner, they kind of, they keep you, number one, it takes the burden off you going at it alone. It simplifies things. It takes some of the emotion out of it. It, it simplifies it. And it's a really good source of discipline for the person at the other end of the table. So you're not, you know, you're kind of partnering and working on and then celebrate the successes together. You know, you know you're doing a good job when your clients are calling you and asking you, I want to make this big purchase. Can it, can I, 
how is this going to impact my long-term being able to retire, for example? That's when you know you're kind of both partnering in the journey together. And a lot of people do call themselves financial advisors, but you want to look for somebody that has a CFP de designation where they're, they specialize in financial planning. They're not looking to sell you something. It's about really helping you invest in yourself for down the road. That's really key. Uh, and that's, that's what we do really well at Meridian um, Credit Union. We, um, we have this fantastic site on our, on our website, which is www.meridiancu.ca called HerSense. And it's all about educating women. And it's on, there's things on budgeting, long-term planning. It's not product focused at all. It's just around giving women the tools to either help them or their loved ones uh, along this wealth journey. <laughs> well, you sold me with that stat. I am. I am blown away by that. I think that's absolutely incredible. Uh, I am looking for a financial advisor in, in the new year. In fact, no, maybe I'll start now. <laughs> I'm going to start now. Forget January. I'm going to take my own advice. Uh, Nancy, I can't thank you enough. This was really great information. I hope it, uh, you know, gets people to calm down a little bit and press the pause button before they go and spend recklessly in that last little window before Christmas and give some thought to how that snowballs into the new year. Um, Thanks so much for joining me and we'll see you again next year. Sounds good. Happy holidays. More with Candace Sampson and what she said coming up on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 105.9 The Region. Joining me now for Saturday Night at the Movies is Anne Brody, and this week we have a little bit of everything. We have some serious and some funny and some lighthearted. So let's get into it, Anne. Let's start with women talking, because I think this one's a definitely serious, but important. It's Sarah Pauli's Triumph, and it's based on Miriam Toe's book. She was um, a member of a conservative religious cult, uh, Mennonite, I believe. So that's the reference in the film. Um, and it's about these women who, all stars, Claire Foy, Rooney Mara, um, Frances McDormand, these women of the community who meet in their hayloft to decide what to do before their men come home from prison on bail for attacking them. They've been repeatedly raped, beaten. You know, they, they have scars on their faces. They're missing teeth. So they figure they can do nothing. They can leave or or they can stay and fight. So they decide what they're going to do over the course of a couple of hours, and they go every permutation of what it means to them, to their community, to them personally. It's just gut-wrenching. Sarah Pauly does a magnificent job, and I know that it is uh, um, up there in the uh, potential nominations categories. Um, and it's, you know, it's, an, it's a Me Too thing a few years later, but just as powerful um and i just can't get over the performances they're just aching aching so that's december 23rd in theaters okay excellent i'm hearing about the next one we're going to talk about the whale and i'm hearing mixed reviews on this one what did you think well the movie's not terrific but brendan fraser is spectacular he i mean he's under a massive fat suit um, he plays a, a, a recluse who has no contact with the outside world except his friend and nurse. Um, and 
he's dying. So out of the blue, a missionary comes to his door and they have uh, conversations. And also out of the blue, for the first time in years and years and years, his daughter shows up and she's really angry and she wants nothing to do but abuse him for leaving them all those years ago. So it's a character study, um, but I just can't emphasize how deeply into this character is Fraser. It's astounding to see him um, over the course of, what, a day or so, a day or two, um, and how he, how he treats others. He's so kind and generous and people, you know, have, have no time for what he's done, and yet he's so compassionate. And he also teaches a course online on English literature, anonymously. You know, he, he says his camera's broken, but the work is so moving. The movie was a bit... I didn't care for the daughter's character at all. She did a good job, Sadie Sink, but um, it's definitely worth it only to see Fraser. Okay, and that's out in theaters, right? Yes, it is. All right, the next one. Oh, you know I'm excited about the next one because oh, I'm excited. oh yeah, Emily in Paris season three is. I am living for this moment. Do you know it's like a calorie-free, glorious dessert. It is, <laughs> and you know that she, she. It's season three, and she's in Paris, and she has some big decisions to make. Um, she has two bosses, sort of on the sly. They don't know about one another. Um, and she's trying to decide what to do. She's trying to decide whether to um, go with her boyfriend, whether to return to the States, or stay where she is and work her way up. Um, you know, and if you look at the at the plot stuff, it's very mundane. There's really nothing much to it. It's, it's a Darren Star thing. So it's all in the visuals. It's in her outfits. The setting of Paris, the cafes, the bistros, the the offices, and even one scene in her office. I was just enchanted by the color of the paint on the wall. So I, I looked it up. I think I've got it. And I think I'm going to paint my bedroom. <laughs> it's just so it's a confection. It's a confection. And we all deserve a confection. So I would say hop right over and see it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and if you haven't seen season one and two, now is the time to get caught up so yep. you can binge season three. I've already got it in my calendar for December 21st, Yay. so looking forward to that one. Uh, tell me about Tiger 24. Man, this is a, this is a huge film. Um, it's a documentary that was begun in 2014 by Warren Pereira, and what he intended to do was to follow this very famous tiger, uh, Tiger 23, who lives in a, a massive 40-square-mile reserve with other tigers and wildlife uh, protected by the government so he he lives there he has uh, you know a wife and kids um but he's developed a reputation as a man-eater there's zero proof that that he did that but there have been four bodies that showed up all of people who wandered into the territory illegally illegally and they wound up eaten you know, so this poor tiger is sent from his huge home in nature to a tiny little cage enclosure uh, away from his family. His cubs were desperately lonely. His wife, to hear them crying was just incredible. Um, so it created a huge public backlash with protests. It went straight to the Supreme Court in India. 
and they said it was okay to have moved him. So it's very sad, very sad. Well, if you love animals, you'll you'll be watching this one, I suspect. Oh, you bet, you bet. All right, and that's all the time we've got. I know you have a lot more over on whatshesaidtalk.com uh, for people looking to keep themselves busy through the holidays with entertainment. Uh, you've got this week's and, of course, archives from many, oh, many weeks yeah. in the past. They can go back and find lots of entertainment for the holidays. And thank you so much. Have a wonderful Christmas. Happy Christmas, Candace. All the best to you and the fam. Holiday stress can take a toll. Don't believe me? How many listening right now often find themselves sick in bed the week after Christmas when things finally slow down? Stress can affect our behaviors and habits such as our sleep patterns, exercise habits, and eating habits, which can also contribute to an increased risk of illness. So let's not do that this year. As part of our ongoing series with New Roots Herbal, I'm joined today by Angela Wallace from Eat Right, Feel Right, who has some tips for protecting our health during stressful times. Welcome back. Angela. Thanks for having me again, Candice. So here we are. We're in the to-do marathon, uh, trying to get all the things done. Uh, So where would you like to start today? I think just taking a breath. (laughs) If you're listening to this, maybe take a deep breath in and out a couple times. It helps relax the nervous system. Um, trying to slow things down. I know there is a lot of hustle and bustle around the holiday time from family obligations to trying to make memories and traditions to wrapping up year end work for, you know, some people. It's just like, there's so much happening. What can you do? What are the little things you can do each day? Even if it's for five minutes a day that help ground you help you feel relaxed? Is it taking a few deep breaths? Is it getting some fresh air? Is it enjoying a chamomile or a relaxing tea in the evening, but really trying to keep some of, some of those habits or routines that help you feel best um, during this crazy time? Yeah, it's usually women who are running around trying to make the season magical for everybody in their lives and they pile on too much stress and then they snap And then the moment is not so magical anymore. Yes, I've had those (laughs) moments myself. (laughs) I I, I speak from experience, trust me. Uh, So learning to uh, cut out things and maybe not try to do it Mm -hmm. all. Yeah, I feel um, setting boundaries is so important or reminding myself that, you know, not everything has to happen. I had a conversation with a girlfriend who like went crazy out of her way with a newborn to get to the mall on a Saturday to get Santa photos. And she's like, it was just the worst. (laughs) Like she kept saying she was doing it for the kids, but then she's like, am I like, they're so little. So reminding yourself, like not everything has to happen. Um, and, and taking it one, one step at a time. And I think too, for people listening, I think now would be a good time to remind people of the damage stress can cause to our bodies. So why don't you break that down for us? So in the simplest terms, when your body is under stress, we produce more stress hormones. Some of these hormones include adrenaline and cortisol, and the metabolization of these hormones contributes to acidification in the body. It also contributes to inflammation in the body. 
And with long-term stress, this can create health issues. Some of these issues are things like impacting our immune system. So making your body more receptive to sickness and infections. Um, Sometimes it manifests as migraines, joint pain, uh, draining your energy, that burnout that people talk about, just that lack of motivation or drive. And definitely our mental well-being, our mood is very much related to our gut. So if you are mentally stressed, and we were talking about women and making things magical, there's such a heavy mental load with that. Sometimes that will lead to digestive health concerns. Maybe you're feeling nauseous, uneasy, uh, bloated, all sorts of things really. Everything sort of just seems to come together at this time of year as well. You know, we're, we're still have to do all of our regular jobs. Plus, we have the addition of all of the extra things that the holidays bring. Mm-hmm. Plus, we're probably drinking more mm-hmm. and not eating the best. Yeah. So we should really be focusing on, obviously, adding in some other things to, to you know, I guess head off at the pass where all of those stressors come together. So what are some things we can do? to, to, I guess, prevent getting sick? Yeah, so definitely taking that time to rest. So so sleep is a big one. I think um, it's easy not to prioritize sleep. You know, maybe you're staying up late to finish things, but um, I know I do that often, but sometimes even if it's once or twice a week, I'm like, I have to go to bed really early right? Um, and, and try to get a longer sleep, a more restful sleep. Now, that being said, if you're in a very anxious state, a stressed out state, you might not be able to sleep well, or you might be waking up a lot, having a hard time falling asleep. So magnesium is something to try when we're thinking about supplements. So, you know, when the diet and lifestyle is not working right now, or those routines aren't their typical, or you're struggling with that, then this is a time that supplements might be beneficial. So something like magnesium actually helps to relax the nervous system. It helps to make you more calm and relaxed. It also helps to regulate the hormone melatonin, which is that sleep-inducing hormone. Melatonin is a supplement people can consider as well um, to help have a more restful sleep, to help reduce night wakings, things like that. It might not be something that you take every night. Maybe it's during a really stressful period or to help get you back into routine. Um, There's also botanical supplements. So things like passion flower, lemon balm, chamomile that all have properties within them that help relax the body and help uh, promote more restful sleep. So there's definitely supplements and there's also the teas. The teas tend to be a little bit on the lighter dosage end, but um, I know I always enjoy like the nighttime teas or a chamomile or something like that before bed, especially during like a stressful season. One of the things I started drinking last year, actually, interestingly enough, was um, it's called golden milk and it it added in turmeric and uh, some other spices. I'd have to look it up to find it, but it was very helpful to get me to sleep. And I didn't do it with uh, dairy. I did it with uh, oat milk and it was just became this nice little evening routine. And sometimes just building in those routines can really help. Exactly. Even if it's such a small thing, it's these little small things add up for sure. 
interestingly enough, just before we recorded this, I was watching a video that said women need eight to 10 hours of sleep a night. Men can get away with six to eight, but women need more. So um, we really do need to be focusing on that and let go of this whole philosophy of, you know, we'll sleep when we're dead. I, I can't stand that. It's such a crazy um, thing to embrace when And I hear sleep... it a lot, actually, too, that yeah, and sleep is so important. So we have to we have to pursue that. But you know, when we're awake, <laughs> you know, if stress is affecting our sleep, it's affecting our awake time too. So is there something we can take during the day to help, you know, keep us level and calm and our, our stress levels down a bit? Yeah. So for anyone without any serious medical conditions, the go-to tends to be adaptogens. And adaptogens are plants and mushrooms that help your body respond to stress, anxiety, fatigue. What they really do is they try to bring your body back to this steady balanced state. So for example, if you're stressed and you have a spike in your cortisol levels, an adaptogen will respond by helping to reduce your cortisol levels. Um, some examples of adaptogens are things like holy basil that helps with mental and physical stress. Um, it can also help increase energy. There's ashwagandha extract that can be used. There's supplement forms like hot cocoa forms, tea forms, and it has been shown uh, from a research perspective to help relieve stress and anxiety as well. There's a lot of different things out there. It is really important with things like adaptogens to read the label, to check the warnings for contraindications. For example, if you have diabetes, heart disease, they're not recommended and there's a whole you know, skew of things. So just because something's natural, it doesn't mean it should be taken lightly. And what about ginseng? I've heard some, some positive things about ginseng. Does that, is that helpful? Um, it can be, it can be used, uh, it's, well, it is used often to increase energy and reduce mental fatigue. So kind of that burnout we were talking about where people are feeling that this is a natural energy booster. There are supplements for it. Sometimes they're embedded into different like electrolyte drinks or mixes uh, where there's a little bit of ginseng, there's teas, lots of different options for that as well. Um, always best to check with your healthcare provider, um, maybe check out your local health food store. They often have some knowledgeable people working there as well um, before just getting started on any of these. Excellent. Well, I know that all of the supplements you've mentioned today, uh, that New Roots Herbal has them as well. So people can find those at their local health food store. But I know you're always sharing great advice and tips on your website and social channels. So where can people connect with you, Angela? So my website is eatrightfeelright.ca and my Instagram is nutrition.for.families. Um, definitely trying to help families live that healthy lifestyle and less stress. <laughs> All right. Incredible. Thank you so much for joining me today. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Have a story for what she said? Email us at 1059theregion.com. Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 1059 The Region. Mm-hmm. 
Gen Z women and girls are coming of age in a period of increased stress and anxiety. Connected to technology from the cradle, parents and caretakers of this group struggle with how to help them navigate it all when they're having a hard time keeping up themselves. Lindsay Seeley, author of Made for More, A Fresh Start Approach to a Bolder, Brighter You, offers the inspiration young women need. Lindsay has been joining What She Said for a series on Gen Z, and today in the final installment, we're going to take a look at Fresh Starts. Welcome back to the show, Lindsay. Thank you for having me. Let's talk about Fresh Starts because I feel as if, you know, adults are also guilty of this. A lot of us do this. We look for a day or a time, like New Year's is that magical time for a fresh start or back to school. Mm. When's the best time for a fresh start? Oh, that's so true. January is a popular one and also September, back to school. And I I see it a little bit differently. I say every day is a chance for a fresh start because I think, you know, it could just be Saturday or it could be mid-March and you're like, you know, I just feel like I'm kind of stuck or like mediocre, like just like not really living my best life, not really moving forward. So I want to start fresh. And instead of the kind of classic I'll start fresh tomorrow or I'll start fresh on Monday. I'm like, no, there is no time to waste. If you have the thought, the fresh start starts today, like right now. Yeah, it's funny because I, I think that I think that the calendar almost gives us an excuse to procrastinate on our fresh start, right? right? To put it off a little bit longer. And I think that's such an easy one. So I'll start on Monday and a few days passes and, you know, you've lost your ideas or your motivation or you forget or you're right, you procrastinate longer. But it's like, no, if you have the thought, do it. Because I think in the, you know, we we have a trick, I find, as a human. We wait for the feeling, like the feeling of being motivated to do something. Like it actually doesn't work that way. Do something, no matter how tiny that step is, and the motivation follows. Because in the doing, you're actually creating energy and momentum. And often, as soon as we take one small step, it feels so good, we just want to take another one. So I'm like, no, don't wait, because you'll lose anything that, that you thought you had in you. So just do it now. Yeah, I love that one because I always say that, you know, that a body in motion stays in motion. So and true. so if I am moving and propelling myself forward, I am more inclined to keep moving myself forward. Whereas if I'm stuck and I'm, you know, not not moving, even, you know, so at the worst, my lowest moment, I've always just said, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I think that's just such a good skill for everybody to have. So true. And we're, we're just all so busy, right? So life gets in the way and excuses get in the way. And just there's always something. And it's like then a few months has passed. And you're like, oh, yeah, I was going to do that thing. You know, I was going to write the book. Or I was going to, you know, start start phoning more people to meet up for coffee. And, oh, I haven't done it yet. So it's like just just don't delay because life does move pretty quickly. It goes, you know, goes by fast. Yes, a classic uh, Ferris Bueller, life moves pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> so, so but you know, some of these things are hard, you know, to, you know, have belief in yourself to set boundaries. So do you help walk girls through this with what you do? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think often it, it, it starts just to, to start talking about those obstacles. Like, what is it that's getting in your way? Like, I look at this generation of girls and, wow, they're so talented and they're so multi-passionate and they're so smart and yet they're not moving. And you have to ask, well, why not? Like, what's actually getting in their way? So often you can have these amazing conversations of, you know, what's stopping you? Like, why aren't you why aren't you in motion? Why aren't you doing what you said that you want 
want to do? Well, often they feel really, um, I think, stuck in their past. So they've made mistakes, they've failed before, or they're feeling insecure, they're feeling not good enough, they're feeling tired, overwhelmed, stressed. So whatever it is they're feeling is blocking them, unpack that. Because if we can start to unstuck them, essentially, then I think that frees them. Like, you cannot pursue a goal if you're completely exhausted or if you're feeling, you know, that you're just not good enough or everyone's doing it better than you. We have what's called comparisonitis. So if you can start to explore some of those articles, you free up some energy, you get, you know, the motivation going, the um the the drive and the charisma and i think then it's easier to say okay now what and i am such a big believer of like little steps and to-do lists and you know could we just work together and write out some ideas for how you can make x y and z happen and so the tinier the better i say and we just slowly chip away at one idea at a time i always tell them the story of how i started my company bold new girls so i had nothing i had zero i just had some ideas and i decided effort really matters. If I just put in the time, something good was going to come of that, right? Like I was pretty convicted of that. So I created a list in my very colorful Crayola felt of a hundred things that I would do to start my business. So it was, you know, build a website and design a logo and identify my clients and create invoices and decide on my pricing. And I went through all 100 items. And when those a hundred items were done, I had a company. Exactly. I, I love that. I love that. Because that's how it happens. It doesn't happen by magic. So I definitely had, you know, the obstacles were self-doubt and uh, lots of fear, but I, I recognized them and I was able to keep going. As you said, anyways, you still got to take those steps. And then it was like this energy, this thing just became inevitable. Of course I had a business and there you go. But it definitely took some action and there was no delay. I, I had my fresh start like the day I thought of the idea. I was on my way. I love it. All right. Well, you know, it is the holiday season and uh, people might be looking for a little something to slip under the tree for the Gen Z women and girl in their life. Uh, so this book might be a nice little stocking stuffer or slip under the tree gift. So where can people find that? They can find the book at my website, lindsayseely.com, and they can always follow me on Instagram at Bold New Girls. All right, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, for those who want to go back and listen to previous interviews with Lindsay, they are all available on the podcast, What She Said Talk uh, with Candace Sampson on Apple and Spotify or your favorite podcast provider. Thanks so much, Lindsay. Thank you for having Just me. Like Stick around. More What She Said with Candace Sampson coming up on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 105.9 The Region. are living in stressful times of that we can be sure remaining calm when we are constantly being thrown curveballs can be difficult but it can be done 
I know because I've been working on this skill the last few weeks after being sent an advanced copy of a book that I personally feel should be required reading for 2023. How to Calm Your Mind, Finding Presence and Productivity in Anxious Time by Chris Bailey is a handbook for navigating chronic stress and bringing calm back into your life. He joins me now to discuss. Welcome to What She Said, Chris. Howdy. How are you? I'm so pleased to have you here, uh, especially because this is the last show for me of the year. And ah. your book your book comes out December 27th. And I want everybody mm. listening today to go through this on pre-order um, because I think it's that important. But wow. I think we should just start with, you didn't intend to write this book. So can you explain oh. to people how that came about? Yeah, I, I was on stage, uh, in fact, at the time. So th this book came about from uh, an event that I was giving. It was doing a talk in front of about 100 people. And I noticed that when I got up on stage, these beads of sweat started to form on the back of my neck. And I felt like I had started talking with a, a dozen marbles in my mouth that my tongue had to dance around. And, you know, long story short, I was having an anxiety attack on stage that day. And luckily, I made it through most of the rest of the talk on autopilot mode. But I remember getting back to my hotel room after that event and just realizing the extent of the, the state I was in. Uh, I was burnt out. I was highly anxious at the time, even though it took me a little while to realize both of those phenomenon after that episode. But that experience, you know, that uncomfortable experience to talk about, to write about, luckily it, it did lead me to a lot of uh, fascinating lessons behind topics like uh, anxiety and burnout and productivity and calm and, and changed the way that I viewed those topics today. You know, you talk about chronic stress in the book. And when I think you know. of, well, prior to reading the book, when I thought about chronic stress, I thought about big things like, you know, being sick or taking care of somebody who was yeah. ill, divorced, you know, the big things in life. But chronic stress is much more insidious than that. Can you describe some of the ways that we are dealing with it on a daily basis? Yeah, for sure. So chronic stress is the never-ending stress that it feels like it's never going to let up. And so instead of the once-off traffic jam on the way to the airport, it's the traffic we encounter every damn day. Uh, on our commute to and from work. Uh, instead of, you know, the, the once-off argument with our spouse, it's the irreconcilable feelings we have when we see them. And the chronic stress is, is quite dangerous, especially in our modern world, but it's not really all visible. Uh, we can kind of break down the chronic stress that we face each and every day into the obvious kind, the the stress that we experience when we look at our bank account or our spouse. Hopefully we have a, a nicer relationship with our spouse than that. Uh, hi, Arden, if you're listening to this, I love you. Uh, but then we have the, the chronic stress that's more hidden from our view. Um, so a, a lot of this, you know, the news is a great example of this. And we were just chatting off the air uh, where uh, when we experience the news, we are exposing our mind to uh, often a very high level of stress. Uh, there was a study conducted around the 2013 Boston Marathon bombings that looked at two groups of people. The first group of people were those who watched six or more hours of news coverage about the bombings. And the second group of people were runners in the actual marathon. And the researchers found that those who watched the news coverage experienced a greater level of stress than runners in the actual marathon.
marathon, and they were more likely to experience post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, so simply watching events that do not directly affect our life can affect our life more than those directly affected by those events. It causes us more stress. And so not all of this stress that we encounter is visible. It's often hidden in our feeds and the things that we tend to that are stressful but have grown comfortable to us over time. You talk a lot in the book about living our lives, you know, the digital side of things and yeah. the analog side of things. Yeah. What are some ways people can move towards more analog living? Well, this that dividing line between the digital and the analog, that was a, a big wake-up call for me. Uh, looking at the research, we spend over 13 hours every day uh, simply looking at screens. Uh, it, it's, it's remarkable, and we do so because they're so stimulating. But calm is found in the analog world. You know, it's the campfire we're sitting by with a group of friends. It's the uh, ocean that we're staring at, or the sky we're looking up to. Um, and we have activities that we can do digitally and do uh, the analog way. So digital-only activities might include, you know, checking email is a good example. Uh, Analog-only might include taking on a beautiful uh, hike through nature, through Algonquin Park that's near us. Um, but then we have the area that's in the middle, these activities that we can do in both worlds. Uh, and so the more we do... Here, here's the quick uh, kind of heuristic that I personally like to follow. If I want an activity to be meaningful... I do it the analog way. And if I want an activity to be efficient, I do it the digital way. And usually, though, what we make, what we lose in efficiency in the analog world, we make up for more so in meaning and depth. And so, you know, since seeing that dividing line, I keep my to-do list in the analog world, as some folks love to do. I brainstorm in the analog world on a whiteboard instead of a digital app. Uh, play more board games, these wine-filled uh, wine nights with uh, with the aforementioned Arden happen uh, often. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, read more physical books and spend time with people because that's where meaning and calm are found. And I, th I think people are not going to believe this, but being calmer, spending less time in the digital world makes you more productive. Yeah. And this was the remarkable uh, idea that I encountered is just how much anxiety, which is the opposite of calm. Uh, so anxiety and calm exist on two ends of, of a spectrum with one another. Just how much anxiety compromises our mental capacity for performance. And so a good illustration of this is if uh, I were to say that you have to give a, a presentation for a thousand people that starts uh, in two hours right? Uh, you probably won't be able to focus on much else in those two hours leading up to the presentation. Um, because of that anxious mind, because that stressful event is about to happen, that in some small way, our mind perceives as threatening. And anxiety has this same cognitive effect, hopefully to a smaller degree for most of us, but all day long. We work with a diminished mental capacity uh, simply because anxiety shrinks the cognitive performance of our mind. It gives us less of a mental scratch pad to process the world around us, to connect information. Um, it makes us more distractible 
because we pay more mind to the threats that are happening around us. We pay more attention to what's negative. And so if we're working in an anxious state and we receive a negative email, that is all we can think about, uh, even if we receive 99 other emails alongside it. Uh, it makes us less engaged. It makes us less present. But luckily, because anxiety and calm live on a spectrum with one another, we can move down that anxiety spectrum from that highly anxious point of it all the way down to high calm, where we find focus, we find presence, and yeah, like you were saying, we find productivity. And you know, we don't have a lot of time left, but I just briefly want to touch on this. You share a series of exercises throughout the book that people can do to bring more calm into their lives. Did you develop these exercises or did you discover them through research? Uh, so much of my work is trying everything I can get my hands on and keeping what sticks. Um, and I, I think, you know, my personal belief is that the best advice on how we should live our lives, it, it is structured in science. It is structured in evidence because that way we can live in a way that is true to who we are and not, you know, develop kind of wishful thinking and try to manifest what we want that way. Um, so everything from, you know, the savor list, which is a list of things that we enjoy in our life that we can pick from deliberately each and every day to enjoy ourselves more, uh, to making a list of uh, accomplishments at the end of the year, uh, another powerful strategy for finding calm, uh, to, you know, looking at the six triggers of burnout in our work, our workload, uh, to our control, to our values. Uh, you know, we need the tactics for calm, but luckily when you look at the evidence, there's a, there's a treasure trove of them out there. Well, December 27th, uh, people can get this book. They, I'm sure it's available everywhere. Amazon, Indigo, local yeah. bookstores. Uh, and where can people keep up with you, Chris? Yes, I am at chrisbailey.com. And yeah, like you said, the book is called How to Calm Your Mind. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. That's it for What She Said this week. Stay up to date with our newsletter by signing up at whatshesaidtalk.com and be sure to follow on social at What She Said Talk on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for videos of these interviews and more. You can also catch me on TikTok at Candace Said. Finally, be sure to subscribe to What She Said with Candace Sampson on Apple and Spotify to catch past episodes and extended podcasts. I'll be back next week with another What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Previous episodes of What She Said on 1059theregion.com.